Christ and a sacrifice for later. I want to try not to preach too long of a message, which everybody said, yeah, right. And uh, <laughs> no, I, I, that, is, that is my goal, uh, because I want to spend some time uh, just meditating and, and thinking uh, about what our, our Savior did for us. Uh, in fact, the, the disciples here uh, in John chapter 16, they, they've already experienced the final supper, but they, they have not yet experienced what, what it is we're celebrating. And uh, while they were looking forward with trepidation and fear and unknowing, we can look backward with joy and hope because of what Christ did for us. Uh, John chapter 16, um, if you, I, I, we did this earlier today, and, uh, and uh, so if, if you would, if you don't mind, I'd like to stand, and we are going to read the, the, the whole chapter. Um, I, I believe this is something that, uh, um, that is good for us to, to be able to just to get the context of everything that's going on. Uh, so stand with me if you would, John chapter 16. Um, I'm going to read it. You don't have to read it with me. or You can follow along. Uh, but uh, uh, let's go ahead and read the word of God. Uh, it says, verse 1, These things have I spoken unto you, that ye should not be offended. They shall put you out of the synagogues. Yea, the, thing, the, the time cometh that whosoever killeth you will think that he doeth God's service. And these things will they do unto you, because they have not known the Father nor me. But these things have I told you, that when the time shall come, ye may remember that I told you of them, and these things I said unto you at the beginning, because I was with you. But now I go my way to him that sent me, and none of you asketh me, whither goest thou? But because I have said these things unto you, sorrow hath filled your hearts. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the Comforter will not come unto you, but if I depart, I will send him unto you. And when he has come, he will reprove the world of sin, and of righteousness, and of judgment. Of sin, because they believe not on me. Of righteousness, because I go to my Father, and you see me no more. Of judgment, because the Prince of the world is judged. I have yet many things to say unto you, but ye cannot bear them now. Howbeit, when he, the Spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. He shall glorify me, for he shall receive of mine, and shall show it unto you. All things that the Father hath are mine, therefore said I, that he shall take of mine, and shall show it unto you. A little while, and ye shall not see me, and again a little while, and ye shall see me, because I go to the Father. Then said some of his disciples among themselves, What is this that he saith unto us? A little while, and ye shall not see me, and again a little while, and ye shall see me, and because I go to the Father. They said, therefore, What is this that he saith a little while? We cannot tell what he saith. Now Jesus knew that they were desirous to ask him, and said unto them, Do ye inquire among yourselves of that I said, A little while, and ye shall not see me, and again a little while, and ye shall see me. Verily, verily, I say unto you that ye shall weep and lament, but the world shall rejoice. And ye shall be sorrowful, but your sorrow shall be turned into joy. A woman, when she is in travail, hath sorrow, because her hour is come. But as soon as she is delivered of the child, she remembereth no more the anguish for joy that a man is born into the world. And ye now, therefore, have sorrow. But I will see you again, and your heart shall rejoice, and your joy no man taketh from you. And in that day ye shall ask me nothing. Verily, verily, I say unto you, whatsoever ye shall ask the Father in my name, he will give it you. 
Hitherto have ye asked nothing in my name. Ask, and ye shall receive, that your joy may be full. Therefore these have I spoken unto you in Proverbs, but the time cometh when I shall no more speak unto you in Proverbs, but I shall show you plainly of the Father. At that day ye shall ask in my name, and I shall say unto you that I will pray the Father for you. For the Father himself loveth you, because he hath loved me, and hath believed that I came out from God. I came forth from the Father, and am come into the world. Again I leave the world, and go to the Father. His disciples said unto him, Lo, now speakest thou plainly, and speakest no proverb. Now are we sure that thou knowest all things, and needest not that any man should ask thee. By this we believe that thou camest forth from God. Jesus answered them, Do ye now believe? Behold, the hour cometh, yea, is now come, that ye shall be scattered, every man to his own, and shall leave me alone, and yet I am not alone, because the Father is with me. These things have I spoken unto you, that in me ye might have peace. In the world ye shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you for this day, Lord, I thank you for your word. God, I pray that you'd help us now as we, as we look at this passage of Scripture. Lord, I pray that you would speak to us. I pray that you would open this up. Lord, your, your word tells us that the Holy Spirit is to guide us in all truth. God, I pray that you would guide us here in your truth. Lord, I pray that you would speak to our hearts as individuals. You know what we need. I pray, Lord, that you would strengthen us and encourage us, Lord, and prepare us just like you were preparing the disciples. God, I pray that I, I believe that we are in a day and age when we need the strength of the Holy Spirit to endure uh, whatever is coming that is coming uh, for us, Father. And I pray that you would help us to stand firm, Lord, help us to not be offended, Lord. I pray that you would uh, uh, that you would help us to stand firm on the Word of God, the truth of the Gospel, holding forth that Word of Life that Christ has given to us in the Gospel. We thank you, Lord, for all you've done for us. Bless this time now in Jesus' name. We pray. Amen. At the beginning of John chapter 16, uh, this, is, this is just a continuation of, the, of this uh, uh, conversation Jesus has had. They have, uh, at, the, at the end of uh, chapter 14, uh, they, they, left, uh, they left the, uh, sorry, at the end of chapter 15, uh, they left the, uh, they're walking towards the Garden of Gethsemane. They're on their way there, the, uh, and Jesus is still talking to the disciples. He's preparing them uh, for, for, the, for the days to come. Uh, he has he has uh, uh, been teaching them and, and reminding them of some of the truths that he had been taught them all throughout this period of time that they're to love their neighbor that they're to be prepared. He's trying to prepare them for the moment that he's going to be taken away, and that moment is ever closer. Now, I, I don't mean like close, like sometime in the near future. We're talking hours from now. He is going to be taken uh, by, by he's going to be betrayed by Judas, who's already left. He's not a part of the group at this point in time. Uh, he's 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 on his way to to collect the uh, to collect his thirty pieces of silver and to turn Jesus Christ over to the Pharisees and to lead them to the Garden of Gethsemane, where Jesus uh, spent much of his time. And so so this is all in the works, and all take place at the same time, and he's having this conversation, and he's trying to prepare the disciples for that moment when he's gone. Because as he said in John chapter 14, uh, they're, going to, they're going to be troubled in heart. Uh, they know that he's leaving. It's, a, it's going to be a, a, a terrifying time for them. They've walked and, and talked with Jesus. They have followed him. They've given up everything for this man who they believe is the Messiah. But they're looking for a Messiah to, to reign as king, not for, one, not, uh, not for one who's going to die as their savior. 
They, they, didn't, they didn't follow him because they thought that he was going to die for the world. They followed him because they thought he was going to take over. Uh, and they, they were excited, and he's, he's trying to reveal the, these truths to them. And even now, he's, there at the end of the chapter, he says, a little while, and I'm not going to be here, and then a little while. And they're like, what does he mean by all this? Do you understand what he's talking about, right? He's talking about his death and his resurrection. And that's why he said that their joy won't be able to be taken away from them. Praise God, because that's, that's the joy that you and I have. It's the joy that we have in Christ, uh, that, that hope that we have. First Corinthians 15 talks about that, 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 that it's everything that, that in, in Christ's resurrection resurrection, his death, his burial, and his resurrection. Now in verse 1 of chapter 16, it says this, these things have I spoken to you that you should not be offended. Now, if sometimes when we think of the word offended, uh, I'm offended by you. That's not what he's saying. He has, he's not saying I'm, something's going to happen and you're going to be offended. It's talking about that they're going to be made to, to offend. They're going to be caused to be put off to walk away. In fact, if you turn over with me really quickly to, to Mark. I believe I, I believe I marked it in my Bible here. In, in the book of Mark, uh, Jesus tells them at the end of this conversation uh, that, they're, that they're all going to be offended. They go into the Garden of Gethsemane, he prays, and, and guess what happens? Judas comes along, and I, 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 I didn't mark the verse, I, I, I put a bookmark there, but I'm not going to spend the time searching for it. it, it they, they, it's when Judas shows up with the, the soldiers and the Pharisees, and, and uh, they, they, they take Christ, and it says that they were all offended. What's it mean? They scattered and they ran, just like Peter, who, who said he would never, he would never, he would give his life for Christ. What did he do? He ran away. It, Jesus says back here in John chapter 16, I'm telling you these things, I'm preparing you so that in the end you're not going to be offended. Well, what things is he, tell, is he telling them? Well, you have to go back a few verses, and it's that continuing conversation where he tells them that to, back in chapter 15, it says, remember, verse uh, Verse 21, but all these things will they do unto you for my namesake. What things? They're going to persecute them. They're, they're going to arrest you. You're going to be, uh, they're going to be going through different trials and tribulations. Jesus, I want you to understand, they hated me. They're going to hate you too. Can I tell you, it, it is not a surprise that the world hates the gospel of Jesus Christ. It has always hated the truth of the word of God. There's never been a time in our history that the world appreciated and accepted the word of God for what it is, is truth. Back in the days of Noah, when Noah preached, the Bible says in 2 Peter chapter 5, that he was a preacher of righteousness. Did anybody believe him? No, he was mocked and ridiculed, and I don't know how many times, or for how many years, he stood there and preached that, listen, God is going to judge the earth, and we're all going to die, and they all mocked and made fun of him while he made his boat in the middle of dry land, and uh, the only ones that followed were his family, his sons and their wives, and, and they're the ones who were saved inside the boat, and uh, there's never been a time when, when uh, they appreciated the, the truth of the word of God being preached to them a lot. Preach the word of God to them. We say, when did Lot ever preach the word of God to him? When he went into Sodom and Gomorrah, and they and he tried to tell his his son-in-laws and their their wives and his daughters, listen, uh, God's going to destroy the city. And what did it say? They they thought he was mocking and making fun. Terrible thing. But did they believe him? No. Did they believe Jeremiah? No, they threw him in prison. Did they believe many of the prophets in the Old Testament? No, they, they were cast down. Did they believe Jesus? The Bible says in John chapter 1 that he was the light of the world, that he came in and he, what did he do? There's the light of the world. He reproved the darkness. Uh, he, he made light all the things that were dark. He revealed the sin to the whole world. But the world rejected him. 
It says he came into his own, and his own received him not. The world has never wanted to hear the, the word of God. They've never wanted to hear the truth of the word of God. They reject it. And can I tell you, they'll still reject it. They, they are not looking forward to hearing the truth. No, they don't, they want to, you know what today's philosophy is? That there's good in all people. The Bible does not teach that. The Bible tells us that there is wickedness in all people, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, that even our, our righteousness is as filthy rags. And you tell that to the normal person. And listen, sadly enough, we can say that to a lot of Christians and they say, well, you know, that's not really true. Really? I don't really think that way. Yeah, if, we're, if we really truly believe what the Bible says, we are all sinners. We're all just as guilty as Saddam Hussein. Or... Who's the, the, the thing the Nazi? Hitler, there we are. We're, we're all just as bad as if we were Hitler. Think about this. We're all born with the same culpability, the same ability to be that sinful and that wicked. That could have been you or I, but by God's grace. It's only by God's grace that, th that we're not, that is not us. The world doesn't want to hear the truth of the gospel, but somebody's got to preach it. Somebody has always been there. And listen, Jesus, for a period of time, was that one. And he, it says, there, it says uh, there in chapter 14, or sorry, chapter 15. It says, if you were of the world, the world would love his own, but because you are not of the world, but I have chosen you out of the world, therefore the world hateth you. Remember the word that I said unto you, the servant is not greater than his Lord. If they have persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they have kept me, kept my sayings, they will also keep, keep yours also. But all these things will they do unto you for my name's sake, because they know not him that sent me. If I had not come and spoken unto them, they had not had sin. Did you see that? If I had not come, they had not had sin. What did Jesus do? He revealed the sin of the people when he, when he came because he was the light of the world. He says, if I had not come and spoken unto them, they had not had sin. But now they have no cloak for their sin. There is no way that they can hide their sin because it has been revealed in the righteousness of Jesus Christ. He didn't come to condemn them. They're condemned because of their sin already. But the world didn't want it. And can I tell you, they still don't want it. And just like back in those days uh, uh, when they, they mocked Noah and they disbelieved Lot, and they, they still don't want to hear the truth of the word of God, the truth of the gospel. They don't want to hear that, that judgment is coming. They don't want to hear that they're, that they're deserving of judgment and that there is a righteousness, a, a standard of righteousness that they are held to. They don't want to hear that. It's my truth and your truth, and we can all have our own truth. And la, 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 hold hands and dance it around in a circle. That, that is not the truth. There is one absolute truth, and it is the word of God. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. And there's no other way but to the Father but by him. Uh, so so as, he's, as he came to the world, he revealed the sin. Uh, now he's leaving. And his disciples have to follow in his steps. He says, listen, if they hated me, they're going to hate you too. And they're going to persecute you. And I'm telling you this stuff now because I don't want you to be offended. Meaning I don't want you to be caused to, be, to cause you to run away. Listen, they were going to run away when, when faced with the, the, when faced with the, uh, the soldiers as, as Judas betrayed Christ. But he wanted them in the end to be able to stand strong. And listen, there was only one way they were going to do that. With somebody else's strength. With somebody else's strength. 
says, these things have been spoken unto you that you would not be offended. Let's just stop for a minute before we go any farther. And maybe this is where we'll stay. I don't know. But I look back in the the Bible and all those men who stood firm and preached the the word of God and were mocked and ridiculed and some beaten and some some killed. I think of Noah. Noah, He wasn't beaten or killed. He was mocked and ridiculed. I can't, I can't imagine how many times he, he, uh, he, 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 he was mocked over the, over the hundred years he was building that boat. And it must have been magnificent to see. I went down to, to Kentucky and saw the, the replica of the ark, and that was just a replica. It wasn't an actual boat. It's a building that looks like a boat. Uh, and, but it, uh, just uh, amazing to think, look at the size of all that. Now, can you imagine building that in the middle of dry land and then saying, say, it's going to flood? What, 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 it's going to rain and, and the water's going to come. Here? Noah, really? Seriously, buddy? I think you need to go get your meds checked or something. Right? I, I can only imagine the, 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 the mocking that he endured over those years. But he never quit. And he stood firm. And what he said was right. But as I think about in, in the same chapter, 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 6 talks about Lot. Now, they looked at Lot and they heard what Lot had to say. But listen, the Bible says he vexed his righteous day or his, his righteous soul day by day uh, by living in that unrighteousness. They thought he was joking. They thought he was kidding. They didn't think he believed it. Now, now Noah showed that he believed what God was saying because, because he built an ark. He said, listen, the end, the end is coming. Judgment is going to come. And you're, we're, the, God is going to judge this world by a flood. And we need to do something. So I, I'm, I'm building this ark because God told me to. Lot, on the other hand, came in and said, God's going to judge the earth. And they laughed. That's <laughs> funny, Lot. Why? Why didn't they believe him? Well, I believe it's because he pitched his tent towards Sodom. And then... The next time you find Lot, you find him in Sodom, living in the midst of the sin, the wickedness of the city, enduring it. That doesn't say he was a wicked person. The Bible says he had, he had a righteous soul, but he, he wasn't preaching the judgment to come. He wasn't living a life that had any effect on his children, his wife, or his, or his neighbors. Because when it says, the Bible says he went to his sons-in-laws, multiple, so more than one, their daughters that they had married. And what did they do? They laughed at him. He, he went to his wife and said, listen, we've got to go to his daughters. And they tarried and had to be drug out. Did it really sound like he trusted and believed that God was going to destroy? He wasn't living like it. He wasn't acting like it. And one of the fears that I have as Christians, as we live here in America, we say, well, we don't really see persecution here. Jesus said, you will see persecution. Why, is it, why do we not seek persecution? Because we may say judgment's coming, but we're not living like it. Our lives aren't convincing to the people that we're telling the gospel, if we're sharing the gospel. If we truly believe that, that people were dying on the way to hell, how dare we keep our mouths shut? How dare we not tell others about Jesus Christ and the one and only hope that they have for salvation? We can say that we believe, but our belief affects our behavior. It affects the things that we do and affects the things that we say. Years ago, when I was running away from God, somebody looked at me and said, I thought you were a Christian. Don't you believe those things? And you know what my response was? And I'm ashamed of that I said it, but it, 
I said, I guess not. Because I wasn't living like I believed it. Are we living a life that shows others that we truly believe that judgment is coming? Not judgment of America, though that could be coming. But that one day that we're all going to stand before God. And if we're saved, we're going to stand before God and have to answer for every idle word that we say. The things that I say, the things that I do, the things that I do when nobody else is around and nobody else sees, guess what? I'm going to have to answer for God for that. And so will you. Do we live our lives in a way that, that, point, that would point others to Christ even when there's nobody else around? Do we do it when others are watching? Do we do it at home? What does our family see? What does the world see? I'd hate to be a Lot. I'd rather be a Noah. Because Lot lost everything and everybody in his family. See, so Noah's two daughters got out, and his wife, his wife turned into a pillar of salt, if you don't remember, and because she looked back because she desired the things that they left. And his two daughters that he drugged with him and that didn't look back, they got him drunk and committed fornication with him so that, uh, that they would have children. He lost everything. Not really the message, but... It's a good thought. So Jesus says, I'm preparing you that one day that you're going to face these trials and these tribulations. You're going to face persecution. Verse 3 says, And these things will they do unto you because they have not known the Father nor me. It says they're, they're going to, it's, verse 2 says, there's going to come a time when they think that they're doing the will of God and doing it. Isn't that what Paul, that Saul thought he was doing uh, in the persecution of Stephen and the persecution of the church? There was going to come a time when, when, when they think that they're, that, they're, that they're doing right thing. Listen, religion has done, done this many times in the past. The Catholic Church has, uh, for, for many years, persecuted, uh, persecuted uh, uh, people of, of the Baptist faith because, uh, because they uh, uh, would not baptize their children or wouldn't allow their, their children to be baptized into the church. Listen, uh, it has happened because they thought that was the will of God. But you know what it says? They knew not God. The persecution has come, and listen, it will come again. This is a, I said... In verse 4, but these things have I told you, uh, that when the time shall come, ye may remember that I told you of them. And these things I said not unto you at the beginning, because I was with you. He says, listen, I didn't tell you this stuff before. I was, I was here. They hated me, and you were, I was able to encourage you and strengthen you. But I'm not always going to be here. But now, verse 5, I go my way to him that sent me, and none of you asketh me whither, thou, whither goest thou. But because I have said these things unto you, sorrow hath filled your heart. Uh, this is uh, the, the mindset and the heart of the disciples. He's telling them that they're going to be facing persecution. He's telling them that they're going to be, uh, they're going to be killed in the synagogues. They're going to be killed as they preach the truth of the word of God. And, and he's not going to be there. And there's fear and there's sorrow in their heart. Now, he's already dealt with some of the problem uh, in, in how they, in knowing that, uh, going back to chapter 14, knowing that, that uh, he's going to prepare a place for them. And, and uh, we talked about this morning how, uh, how, he, uh, how they were to live that life as they, as they abide in the word and the word abides in them as they, as they, they, they uh, pray, as they, as they love one another that, that, and they abide in him, he'll enable them to live that Christian life. But facing this persecution, they're sorrowful. Verse 7 says, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. 
It's expedient for you, then I go away. The word expedient means this, it's profitable or advantageous for you that I leave. They, they think, no, Jesus would just be better if he stayed here and you could just rule from the throne in Jerusalem and everything would be hunky-dory. And, and, we'll, and they'd already thought about who's going to sit to the right hand or the left hand of the throne. And so so they, they, had, they had their plans made. He says, he says, no, it's better for you if I leave. They don't think they understood that because they didn't know what was coming. But, but what he's talking about is the Spirit of God, the, the Holy Spirit. And he's, he's telling them the Comforter is going to come. Because if he didn't leave, the Comforter could not come. But that Comforter was going to come. The word comfort uh, is, is uh, if, I looked it up, it's, it, we, we think of comfort as one who uh, consoles us. And, and he would console them. He, he does, uh, God, our God is the God of all comfort. But it also means the one who would succor us. I, I love that word, succor. It means run to help. He's, he is their aid. He would be their strength. Uh, and the Holy Spirit would be the one that would, and strength, would strengthen them and enable them in the midst, in the midst of, uh, of persecution to be able to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. It, isn't that what happened? In Acts chapter 2, uh, they, they, they met and they prayed. And we're going to get to this. I'm getting ahead of myself. But isn't that what happened? They, they met and they prayed and, and the Holy Spirit came down and Peter preached the, the gospel. And they, they spoke in tongues. They spoke in, uh, they spoke in uh, known languages. And the people heard them and thought they were drunk because they were speaking all these different languages. And then Peter preached the gospel. And 3,000 people got saved. They, they, later on, they, they get arrested and they're like, hey, listen, you, we don't want you preaching in the name of Jesus. And what did they do? They went back and they prayed. And the Bible says the Holy Spirit came down like a wind and they prayed. What did they pray for? Not rescue from the persecution. They prayed for boldness to preach the gospel. And guess what they did? With power and with boldness, they preached the gospel and more got saved. See, that, that's what the Holy Ghost came here for, was, was yes, to guide us in all truth. But the, what is the truth? Jesus Christ. He says, it's expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the comfort will not come unto you. But if, but if I depart, I will send him unto you. And when he, notice, notice it uses the word he, it's a, it's a person. It isn't a wind. It isn't a power. It isn't a movement. Uh, it's the third person of the Godhead. Uh, uh, you have God the Father, God the Son, and now here, God the Spirit. Uh, uh, anytime you see the word, see the Holy Spirit mentioned, it's, it's in the, the, the male, male personhood. It's a, it's a he. Uh, it talks about how he, he, he can be grieved or, or, or hurt. He has emotions. Uh, he is a person. Uh, again, not just a spirit or not just a power uh, that, that many times people look at him as. It says, uh, it says, when he has come, he will reprove the world of sin. The word reprove means convict or to make known. Now, what did Jesus do when he came? Exactly the same thing. He, he was a light into the world, and, and because he came, they couldn't hide their sin anymore under any kind of cloak because it was, it was made known their sin. And listen, that's exactly what the Holy Spirit is going to do. The Holy Spirit is the one that, that opens up our eyes to the wickedness of our sin and the wickedness of our soul. We see ourselves as sinners for the first time. I heard the gospel I don't know how many times because uh, I grew up in church. But it wasn't until the Holy Spirit opened up my eyes. And I, it wasn't just Jesus died for sinners. It wasn't just that, that the world needs to be saved. It was I needed to be saved. And I understood my sin and my need for a Savior. And not that there needed to be a Savior, but I needed a Savior. And that's when I got saved. Listen, 
that's what the Holy Spirit is going to do for the world. He's going to reprove the sin of the world. Or reprove the world of sin. It says of righteousness, boys. It's going to reprove the world of righteousness. What righteousness? Well, it tells us in the next verse down here. It says, because I'm no longer here. What is the standard of righteousness? For us, it's the word of God. But here on that earth, at that point in time, it was Jesus Christ. He who knew no sin became sin for us. Listen, he was perfect. He was righteousness. He, filled, he fulfilled the entire law. And so, so, so when he was gone, there was no righteousness here on this earth. And so he's going to reprove the world of sin and of righteousness because there is no righteousness in this world. And then it says of judgment. Why? Because it says uh, because the prince of the world is judged. I, had a, I got a little excited when I read that. And I began to think about that. Uh, understand what he's saying. Listen, Satan's still running around. He's still, he's still causing trouble and discontent and strife and all over the world. Uh, uh, he, uh, he's not been cast in, in, into the lake of fire at this point in time, but I've read at the end of the book and I know what happens. He, what, he's talk, what he's talking about is, is, the, is after his crucifixion. What did, back in the book of Genesis, how does it describe uh, the, 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 the one who would be born? It said he would bruise the serpent's head, and the serpent would bruise his heel. Now, a bruised heel is is that a is that a, uh, a brother, you, you hurt your Achilles your Achilles uh, is that a, a deadly injury, painful but not deadly. Man, but you bruise somebody or crush somebody's skull, that's a deadly injury. When Christ died on that cross, his heel was bruised. It wasn't deadly because in three days he was going to rise again. But that blow to the head was a deadly blow to, the, to Satan. And while he's still walking around on this earth, he knows that his days are numbered. I, I, was, I was talking to somebody uh, the other day. I hit a turkey last year with my car. Uh, apparently it's turkey season. It's why, that's how, how the whole thing came up. And I said, oh, I hope i got to keep my eyes out for turkeys. Because one flew out in front of me and I hit him. And when I, I, I hit him, I, it's like we, we locked eyes and, and made, it's almost like he said, what did you do this to me for? And I said, because you flew out in front of me, you stupid turkey. And but he, he hits the front of my car and flies into the road. And I pull over because it was a, a very big, it put a hole in the front of my car. with like $1,800 worth of damage. Stupid turkey. Uh, but, but he hits the ground, and then he lifts his head, and he looks at me. I'm like, and he's not even dead. And then he goes, hmm. And his head laid down, he was done. See, that blow was, was a fatal blow. It just took a moment to kill him. Satan's blow on the, at the cross and the resurrection was a fatal blow, and, and he knew it. That's why he's so angry and so upset. Because he knows his days are numbered. He knows that he's not going to prevail against the church. He knows that the battle has already been lost. The war has already been lost uh, to Christ. Christ won it when he died and rose from the grave in victory. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians, says, O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of sin is death. Christ took care of that, didn't he? I'm so thankful for what, so, so when I see this, it says, it says that uh, he, he reproves of sin because they believe not on me, of righteousness because I go to my Father, you see me no more, and of judgment because the prince of the world is judged. And listen, while he's not dead yet, this whole world is going to be judged someday. And that's something that the world doesn't want to hear, but it's something that the Holy Spirit will convict them of. Now here's a question. Did the Bible say the Holy Spirit came for the world or did he come for the disciples? 
It says it came for the disciples. But they're already followers of Christ. Why is that? Because Christ is going to use them through the Holy Spirit to tell the world. What is the Great Commission? They're to go into all the world to preach the gospel. But can a man convince another man's heart and bring resurrection and bring life? No, but the Spirit of God can. Can I convict you of your sin? Absolutely not, but the Spirit of God can. Can I convict you that one day you're going to stand before God and be judged for every idle word, everything you've ever done? No, but God can. Can God bring salvation to your life? Only he can. I can. So God, God needed, uh, was going to use the disciples, and he said, listen, you're going to stand before these men, you're going to preach the gospel, and they're going to revile you, they're going to persecute you, but I'm going to send you. It's advantageous. It is profitable for me to send to you the Holy Spirit. Now listen, they, they didn't have a full understanding. They're still asking, where are you going, and how, what's, what's going on? They're, they're not fully understanding all this stuff. But what does Jesus say in verse 12? I have yet many things to say unto you, but ye cannot bear them now. Uh, you, you, you don't understand these things yet, but I want you to know one day, one day, you're, you're going to understand it. And guess who's going to be the one to explain it to you? How be it when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. Uh, he said, listen, it's the Holy Spirit that's going to open up your eyes of understanding. That's going to be the Holy Spirit that, that guides you into all this truth. When we read the, the New Testament, there are things that are revealed in the New Testament that were not revealed in the Old Testament. Did Jesus tell them all those things? No. That's part of the stuff. There's more things I had to tell you, but you're not ready to bear it just yet. But the Holy Spirit did. They talked about the mysteries, the mystery of godliness. Uh, God was manifest in the flesh, justified the Spirit, seen of angels. What's it talking about? It's talking about Jesus Christ and how he was God in the flesh. Those were things that were revealed to them, and they, come to, they came to understand through the Holy Spirit working in their hearts and, and in their minds, opening up their understanding so that they could then preach that. to the, Those were the doctrines that they were to preach. And those things had to be taught to them. But Jesus wasn't there to teach them. The Holy Spirit was. So, so he's, he's preparing them for this time. Why? Because the world needs to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. I want you to notice the truth that the Holy Spirit speaks. Verse 14, he shall glorify me, for he shall receive of mine and shall show it unto you. Everything that the Holy Spirit reveals to us has to do with Jesus Christ. Listen, who is it that teaches us the word of God? First John chapter 2 tells us the Holy Spirit is our teacher in the word of God. What is the word of God? The word of God. The Bible says in John 1, in the beginning it was the word, the word was with God, and the word was God. How do we understand it? What is the Bible for? Somebody once said, why aren't there dinosaurs in the Bible? Why doesn't that tell us what happened to the dinosaurs? Because it's not a book about, about dinosaurs. It's a book about God and man and how man sinned and how God used Christ to reconcile man back to himself and how we can have hope of eternal life. It, it isn't about those things. There's a whole lot of things that could be in this book. But can I tell you, God gave us what we needed. And the Holy Spirit helps us to understand those things as we study the Word of God. Listen, you, you read a passage of Scripture that you don't fully understand? Keep reading. Now listen, I'm not saying don't, don't study. I'm not saying it isn't good to, to, to go back and compare what your thoughts with, with some of the, the great, Christian, uh, great Christians throughout, throughout our history. 
Because listen, if God tells you something that he ever told anybody before, you're wrong. I'm not trying to hurt your feelings. But if God revealed to you in 2020 or in the last five years, 2015, that he's never revealed to another Christian in the last 2015 years, you're wrong. Because God's given us all the truth. And he's not going to open it up. Now listen, so what I'm saying is, Compare the spirit. God's not going to show us something and reveal something that's not in the word of God. Study it out through scripture. But God will reveal those things to us. Turn over to Acts chapter 2. The, the, the title of the message is A Lesson in the Spirit. God gave them the spirit for the purpose of preaching the gospel. Yes, uh, to give them strength through that endurance, and, but that, that, that persecution was going to come because they were going to preach the gospel. In Acts chapter 2, actually turn to Acts, one, back one chapter, Acts chapter 1. Ezra, can you go get me a bottle of water, please? Thank you. Acts chapter 1, verse 8 says, But ye shall receive power. After that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem, and in all Judea and Samaria. I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time here. I've preached on this many times. Several times, anyways. The purpose, God's called for the apostles, was they were to go back into Jerusalem, and they were to wait until the Holy Spirit came upon them. Why would they, why would they be commanded to wait? Why would they be told to wait? Why? Because they didn't have what they needed. Remember, that was, that was going to be expedient for them advantageous, uh, uh, the Holy Spirit hadn't come yet. So they were to wait and they were to pray. He didn't say go out and preach the gospel. He said go and pray until the Holy Spirit comes and then go and preach the gospel. What would have happened if, if Peter had preached uh, the same message at Pentecost the day before the Holy Spirit showed up? Nothing. Not a single thing. Why? Because the Holy Spirit needed to, needed to be there to work in the hearts of the people. We need, we need the Holy Spirit. That being, that being said, not only did the apostles need the Holy Spirit, but so don't we. Say, well, I've got the Holy Spirit. Yes, you do. The Bible says that the, the Holy Spirit indwells us, uh, uh, that we have been given an unction, and first, the, the book of First John calls it. Uh, the Holy Spirit indwells us. The Bible says we're sealed by the Holy Spirit until the day of redemption. Uh, 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 he dwells us, and he lives inside of us. We, we can quench him, we can grieve him, but he's, he's always there. But can I tell you that we're given the Holy Spirit for a purpose. It isn't just to seal us. It isn't just to keep us. While he does that, it's also to empower us to serve and to preach the gospel. See, you, see, this is the problem, and I think that this is the problem for many Christians, is they'll, they'll testify of the, of, of, the, of the gospel without the Holy Spirit. And just like Peter could have preached that same message without the Holy Spirit, who is it that convicts of sin? The Holy Spirit. Who is it that convicts of judgment? The Holy Spirit. Who is it that can bring, bring life? God, the Holy Spirit. Turn back to... Luke chapter 11. Luke 11, 5. And he said unto them, Which of you shall have a friend, and shall go unto him at midnight, and say unto him, Friend, lend me three loaves. For a friend of mine is in his journey to, 
to come to see me, and I have nothing to set before him. And he, from within, shall answer and say, Trouble me not, the door is now shut, and my children are with me in bed. I cannot rise and give thee. I say unto thee, though he will not rise and give him, because he is friendly, or because he is his friend, yet because of his importunity, he will rise and give him as many as he needeth. And I say unto you, Ask, and shall be given you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. Say, so what does this have to do with the Holy Spirit? We'll get to it in a moment, but let's 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 examine this quickly. Uh, Jeff Jeff comes over to my house. He doesn't live next door to me, but he, he's a friend. He comes over to my house. He says, "Listen, we got some friends, some family come up, and they, I don't have any food to give them. It's three o'clock in the morning, and I am not in a good mood. Okay, I probably would be in a good mood, but." Not a three, but I'd be awake and probably give whatever he wanted. He says, "He says, uh, he was, can you can you help me out? I just need I just need like I just need like twenty five bucks, uh, uh, something to buy something, buy him something. They're hungry. I don't I don't have anything for it." I said, "I said, Jeff, I'm tired. It's three o'clock in the morning. Come back in the morning. Come back in the morning. I'll give you whatever you want. But right now, just let me sleep." Pastor Rob, wake up! Come on, wake up! You got this need. Jeff, I told you, come back in the morning. That's what the word importunity means. You keep knocking. You don't stop knocking. That knocks louder here. There you go. It's that bugging the snot out of me. Finally, I said, Jeff, you know what? Take whatever you want. Here's my fridge. It's all yours. And Jeff says, score. And he goes and he feeds, feeds, his, feeds his family that came up from Pennsylvania, Arizona, or wherever they all traveled from. So what does that have to do with this? Look at verse 10. For every one that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth, and him that knocketh it shall be opened. It's this idea of continual knocking, continually asking, seeking. Now remember the, the parable is asking for a friend. He's asking for bread for a friend, not for yourself. It's not something that you need, but you're asking for something somebody else needs. It says, if a son shall ask bread of any of you that is a father, will he give him a stone? Or he asks of him a fish, will he, for a fish, give him a serpent? Or if he shall ask an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If ye then, being evil, know how to give good, give good gifts unto your children, I have this next part underlined. It says, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him? Now, he dwells within us. But remember the, the parable, the picture is asking the Holy Spirit for somebody else. I believe it's a picture of, of seeking the Spirit of God to witness to somebody else. To, to tell someone, listen, because I need, I need to be full of the Spirit of God to be able to share the gospel with somebody else. I can go with, with, with the, the, the gospel and, listen, the, the Bible says the Word of God will not come back void. But what is it that convicts their spirit? The Holy Spirit. It is not me. And it isn't the Word. Because I can tell you, I heard the word a lot. I memorized the word. The Bible, God uses the word and the Holy Spirit together. It's almost like they're inseparable. And they don't, it, the, the word, Spirit needs the word, the word needs the Spirit, but he speaks to us and opens up our eyes of understanding. So how many of us have gone to tell others about Christ or shared a track with somebody and we never once prayed about it, never asked God? Listen, he didn't get the Holy Spirit because he asked him once. He didn't get the Holy Spirit to, 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 to be able to give to his friends because he asked twice. It's because he just wouldn't stop knocking and asking. And, and wouldn't, listen, the Bible says that uh, what told them to do what? To go and to wait. 
And what did they do? They went and they prayed. A group of 120 followers of Jesus Christ prayed in that upper room until the Spirit of God moved. They didn't give up after a day or two and say, you know what, this is long enough, let's, let's just go see what we can do. They waited and they prayed until the Holy Spirit came down and Pentecost took place. And it was then that God began to work. See, they needed the Holy Spirit, one, to, to, to secure them, to help them during the, the, what was the persecution that was to come. But they also needed the Holy Spirit to get the gospel out because it's the Holy Spirit that reproves of sin, reproves of judgment, and a lack of righteousness. I can tell you, we need the same thing. And God's given us the Holy Spirit for the same purpose. He indwells you. He is the third person of the Godhead. The Bible says he dwells within us. He empowers us to, to share the gospel. In fact, uh, he empowers us to live our lives. The Bible says if you walk in the Spirit, you'll not walk in the flesh. Uh, uh, we are too quick to walk in the flesh and be happy with it. We are too quick to, 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 to just do things on our own instead of trusting and seeking God and asking God for the power of the Holy Spirit uh, to, to help us. So I encourage you today, don't be a lot. Don't be the one who, when you finally do say something, everybody looks at you and says, what are you talking about, lot? They mock you, laugh at you. Listen, you'll get mocked and laughed at either way, but only the Spirit of God can make a difference. Don't be laughed, don't be laughed out because you're not, you're, pre, you're not living what, you pre, what you're preaching. Let's make sure that we are living the gospel. In love, by the way, living the gospel in the love of Christ, in the power of the Holy Spirit. Let's go ahead and pray. Father God, I thank you for all you've done for us. I thank you for this time that we've had in your word. God, I pray that you would help us as we go, um, as we go into the next part of the service, as we, um, as we uh, spend some time in self-examination, Lord, in preparation for, for our uh, breaking of bread. Time of communion. God, I pray that you would bless this time. Help us. Lord, speak to our hearts. Lord, may you may you have your way with us. Lord, we, we love you and we're so grateful for all that you've done. In Jesus' precious name, amen.